helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Welcome back to the Life Transformation Show. Today we are continuing with the seven types of love, part three. I'm your co-host, Denise, and joining me in studio is Michael. Welcome, Michael. Thank you so much, Denise, for being here with us today in studio. And it is such a privilege to be here to continue this exciting journey as we discuss the important topic of love. Absolutely, Michael. And for those who might have missed the first two parts of this enlightening series, don't worry. You can catch up on all the insightful discussions by visiting our Elim Counseling Ministry YouTube channel. Stay tuned because we'll be unveiling the secrets of the ideal love relationship. What makes it so special and how can you nurture it in your life? Just to be clear, in this show today, we'll be covering the last three of the seven types of love. So grab your favorite beverage, settle in, and let's embark on another transformative journey together. Your path to understanding love like never before starts right now. So far, we've covered four types of love. Like in love, infatuated love empty love, romantic love. So Michael, what is the next type of love to start today's show? The next type of love is what psychologists call companionate love. And this is a type of love where lovers are more like companions. They have commitment. They have unwavering commitment in this type of love. And they may even have a deep emotional bond. But what is lacking in this relationship is passion. And that's why it's called companionate love, because they're more like good friends who have deep emotional connection, and they have this commitment. But the passion is what is lacking. Sadly enough, it, it, it often emerges in long-term relationship where partners have weathered challenges together and develop a profound connection emotionally, but they are more like companions than lovers. So, our listeners know that you normally use a biblical story to engage the topic we are discussing. So, Michael, which biblical copy best describes companionate love? The story that comes to mind is that of Abraham and Sarah. We see from that story, from the biblical record, that this couple had great commitment to each other. They are together for many years until they are old, old enough that Sarah was past childbearing age. They weathered many storm together, and they had high emotional intimacy because of the challenges that they have gone through, that they went through together. But what seemed to have been lacking in that relationship between Abraham and Sarah is the 
passion and that to a T fit what companionate love is like. So in other words, Sarah and Abraham became more like companions than lovers as the years went by. And how exactly does this relationship between Sarah and Abraham exemplify the features of companionate love? Okay, let's get into it in, in a more specific way. So we see that they went through many challenges together. The journey from leaving their homeland to dealing with barrenness and external pressures. They weathered their difficulties side by side highlighting that they were committed and resilient. They had deep commitment. They had also what I called uh, unwavering support. They supported each other along their journey. And they had, they had also a deep bond. They had similar goals. They, they shared similar dreams. So this exemplify the emotional connection that they had. They had emotional intimacy, but they lacked passion. And that emotional intimacy was formed through shared experiences, memories, and mutual understanding forged that forged a connection that transcended all the external challenges that they went through together as a couple. And that's what we find in many current day relationships that companionate lovers, they have gone through a lot of things together. They have weathered many storms. They have deep emotional connection, but they lack the passion that is is a very important part of love relationships. So when you described companionate love, you mentioned that one of the features was lack of passion. I still don't get how you deduce from scriptures that the relationship of Sarah and Abraham was lacking in passion. Can you explain that more clearly for me and the listeners? That's such a good question, Dennis, because it's very hard to know what goes on behind closed doors in Scripture. The Scripture is not explicit about the love life of the couples involved. But there are some things that we can, we can, uh, there's some conclusions that we can come to by clear carefully examining the scriptures. So when we look at Genesis 16, 1 to 4, for example, we read that Sarah and Abraham were willing to let Abraham have a child with Hagar. In other words, there wasn't that emotional connection, not the emotional connection, but the passion that lovers have where they are exclusive to each other. Sarah and Abraham was willing to invite someone else into their love relationship. And so it would seem to me from that that there was not a deep passion for each other in a sexual way. And I see another example of this in Genesis 20, verse 1 to 2, and from verse 10 to 12, where Abraham tried to pass off Sarah as his sister. And I think this shows that there was some kind of lack of passion there with Abraham. He he was able to risk his wife sleeping with King Abimelech. As a matter of fact, King Abimelech was shocked when he discovered that 
Sarah was actually Abraham's wife because he had pretended that she was his sister and exposed her to the possibility of sexual encounter with King Abimelech. So to me, Denise, these two examples taken together seem to indicate that there is a lack of passion. Because when there is passion, when there is passion in a, in a love relationship, a man is is willing to lay down his life for his wife. And this is a Christ-like type of love where Christ is willing to lay down his life for his for his church. And as a matter of fact, in Ephesians, husbands are, are encouraged to be like Christ, willing to lay down their lives for their wives. But we find that Abraham lacked this this important ingredient of passion and was willing to give up his wife to King Abimelech. That sounds like a clear picture of companionate love, Michael. Now, if someone finds themselves in a companionate love situation and desires to reignite the passion in their relationship, what steps could they take? I think the first step is having open communication. Begin by talking about what's happening in your relationship. Share your feelings and desires about wanting to rejuvenate the passion in your relationship. It's very essential that both partners are on the same page and willing to work together. Secondly, Quality time. Dedicate quality time for just the two of you. Plan dates, outings, or even staycations to create new memories and experiences together. Quality time can reignite the emotional connection and intimacy between partners. Thirdly, I would say introduce surprise on and spontaneity into your relationship. Inject surprises. Do things that keep your relationship alive. And fourthly, I would say introduce, reintroduce physical intimacy. Intimate physical connection plays a significant role in igniting passion. Communicate your desires openly and explore new ways to connect physically taking time to understand each other's needs and preferences. And fifthly, and the fifth point, I think, is consider counseling and workshops. Seeking professional help, such as couples counseling or attending relationship workshops, can provide valuable insights and tools to reignite passion and intimacy. And I would say also, finally, express affection. Express your affection openly through words, touch, and gestures. Show appreciation and admiration for your partner regularly to keep the romantic flame alive. Well, Michael, after that insightful discussion on companionate love, let's shift gears and dive into another intriguing type of love. What is the next type of love for our discussion? Well, the next type of love is fatuous love. It's quite a distinct form of love that is marked by intense attraction and immediate commitment, but often lack 
deep emotional connection. I guess it's a type of love that you would find in a lot of these Hollywood marriages where people meet, they fall in love very quickly. They have these uh, weddings that cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. And then in six months, you hear that they are divorced. That is because there is not a deep emotional connection between these people. They have the physical attraction. They have the commitment because they, they commit to each other's, each other quickly, but they are, are lacking in emotional connection. After that description of Fatius love, I can't wait to hear the biblical example of Fatius love. Can you provide a biblical example? Well, the story that comes to mind, the biblical story that comes to mind is that of Samson and, and Delilah. We are told in Judges 16 verse 4 that Samson loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. It seemed that Samson went to this valley and he saw Delilah and he fell head over heels for her very quickly. And from there, it went immediately to commitment. He married her. And we see that in this story, there is the quick commitment. We see that there is also the passion. But we see in this story that there is a lack of emotional intimacy between the couple. Delilah repeatedly attempts to uncover the secret of Samson's strength. In other words, she's married to this man who is strong, who has superhuman strength. She got married to him before even asking the question, Samson, what it is that makes you so strong? In other words, she didn't really know him. She didn't really know that the source of his strength was was ultimately in the God that he served. So we see that after getting married to him, she is trying to find out the source of his strength. But it also seemed that Delilah was more connected to the, to her people, to the Philistine and to, and was more loyal to the Philistine leaders than to Samson himself. So they were very fast in committing to each other. They had lots of passion, but lacked emotional intimacy. Can you expand on how they lacked emotional intimacy? Well, I think I can talk a little bit about how the lack of emotional intimacy played out in their relationship. Because I think what is happening there, because they didn't know each other, it led to uh, them trying to manipulate each other into getting their needs met. Rather, we see that Delilah was the one doing the manipulation, trying to manipulate Samson into getting her needs met. So in Judges 16 verse 5, we are told that the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, seduce him and see where his strength, his great strength lies. And by what means we may overpower him that we may bind him to humble him. So in this verse, we see that Delilah wasn't really in love with Samson in a way that she was t 
totally, uh, totally committed to him on it. Yes, there was commitment in marriage, but it seemed as if she was also more committed to the Philistine leaders. So we see that when there is a lack of deep emotional intimacy, it opens up the relationship to the risk of manipulation, where the, the parties involved begin to manipulate each other to try to get their objectives met. I hear you I hear you saying external forces were manipulating their relationship. What are some of the external forces today that negatively impact couples' relationships? External forces can be friends to which people are more loyal or it can be in-laws. And so we f- I find in a lot of couples that I counsel that there is a third party, there's a triangulation taking place similar to the biblical story of Samson and Delilah, where there is a third party that is, uh, is creating havoc in the couple's relationship. Michael will be right back. You have been listening to the Life Transformation Show where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services has been speaking on the topic Seven Types of Love Part 3. You can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com where you can also make a donation to this Christ-centered ministry. Your donations help us to stay on the air and to provide subsidized counseling to those who can't afford it. Back to Michael. But when there is a lack of emotional intimacy, we also see that people have unrealistic expectations of each other. Samson had the unrealistic expectation that Delilah would be able to keep her word and that he could trust her because he didn't really know her. And as a result of that, he was betrayed by her. So it's very important that in relationship, you don't just go by feelings, but you take the time to know the person before committing to them. So their relationship had some unrealistic expectations. Thank you, Michael, for breaking down how Samson and Delilah's story embodies the elements of fatuous love. Now, what advice would you offer to someone who finds themselves in a fatuous love situation where the relationship seems to be rushing into marriage, but they desire more time to get to know their partner better? Well, I think the first advice I would give is to slow the relationship down and begin to take steps to know each other. Because if you continue to go forward with unrealistic expectation and manipulation, as we see in the, 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 in the example of Samson and Delilah, it's just going to create more problem. So slow the relationship down by beginning beginning to have deep, intimate conversations about unrealistic expectations or unfulfilled needs, and begin to take time to know each other, begin to ask questions about each other's past and and past relationships, because 
if you have rushed into a situation without knowing the person's past, you could be headed for a lot of trouble. So take the time to know the person. Even though you have already committed, uh, it's not too late to begin to ask questions about the person's past. I would also say if you are in this situation where you have jumped right ahead into commitment, seek counsel. Get advice from a professional counsel that could help you navigate the navigate past issues, past baggage that you might have brought into the relationship. And uh, honestly, evaluate compatibility. Maybe you're not compatible with each other because you rushed into a commitment, but there are things that you can begin to do to get to know each other and to become more compatible. Excellent advice, Michael. Taking time to build a strong foundation is wise, and open communication is key. Let's look at the final of the seven types of love. What do psychologists call their final and seventh type of love? The final type of love is called consummate love. And consummate love is considered the ideal form of love in a romantic relationship. So in this type of love, there is a high degree of passion, a high degree of commitment, and high emotional intimacy. In other words, all three aspects or categories that we have used to judge the other types of love are high in consummate love. It's fascinating to explore these three crucial elements of consummate love. Each of them plays a significant role in creating a deep and fulfilling relationship. So how do passion, commitment, and emotional intimacy work together to form this ideal love? That's such a good question, Denise. I think it's the synergy among these three elements that makes consummate love truly special. The passion in this type of relationship fuels the initial attraction and desire that partners have for each other. The commitment ensures that the relationship grows and becomes strong. And the emotional intimacy is like the glue that binds it all together. Together. This sounds like a beautiful and Christ-like love. So, can you give a biblical example of consummate love? The biblical example that comes to mind for me, Denise, is that between Ruth and Boaz. I think in this example, we see uh, that Ruth and Boaz had some experiences, some similar experiences that led them to have a deep emotional connection. So, for example, we see that they shared grief and loss. Ruth loss of her husband, uh, Malon, in Ruth 1, verse 3 to 5, and we also see that Boaz had loss in his family of, as well, as is found in Ruth 2, verse 1. So these, this couple coming together already had some common ground on which to build because they had similar experiences. So there was this shared grief and loss, but there was respect and encouragement. We find Boaz commending Ruth's loyalty in Ruth 2, verse 11 and 12 where we read, But Boaz answered, 
All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me, and how you left your father and mother and native land and come to a people that you did not know before. The Lord repay you for what you have done, and full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. So we see from this passage, so Boaz had a very deep emotional connection with Ruth. He knew a lot about her life, more than some couples know about each other in 10 years of marriage. For sure, Michael. It is so heartwarming to see how Boaz acknowledges and appreciates Ruth's loyalty and dedication. How do they further demonstrate consummate love? We see also that there is very deep communication taking place between the couple. So in in Ruth 3 verse 9 to 11, we read, and she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. And he said, may you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first, in that you have not gone after young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask, for all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. So here we see Boaz communicating to Ruth his appreciation of her integrity as a woman. He's building her up with his word. And I think this kind of communication does wonders for a relationship. Definitely. Effective communication is essential in any loving relationship. It's interesting to see how Boaz and Ruth engage in these conversations. What else do you see in their story? Well, I see a very strong commitment from Boaz. Boaz is making it very clear that he is committed to being Ruth's kinsman redeemer. So we see the commitment, we see the emotional intimacy. But as I said before, it's hard to prove the passion, the sexual passion in this relationship. But I don't think it's far-fetched to say that a woman who was cared for the way that Ruth was, and a man that is as considerate and passionate about her as Boaz was, I don't think it's far-fetched to imagine that they might have a very deep intimacy uh, sexually as well. Those are great points, Michael. Let's talk about the love of Christ. The Bible likened the relationship between Christ and the church to that of a husband and a wife. In fact, in Ephesians 5, 25 to 33, we read that husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church. What are some of the features of Christ's love that should be found in consummate love relationships? Well, I think the first is intimacy. Christ demonstrated intimacy through his close relationship with his disciples. He shared his thoughts, feelings, and teachings so that they would know him deeply. 
And the second is commitment. In consummate relationship, there is a strong commitment. And Christ's commitment to humanity is unwavering. Then we see a sacrificial type of love that is found in Christ's relationship where he sacrifices life for the church. But I think in in Christ's love, we also see unconditional love. And this should also be found in consummate relationships because unconditional love is a hallmark of a healthy love relationship. Thank you, Michael. And that concludes today's episode of the Life Transformation Show. We hope you found our discussion on the seven types of love helpful. Please consider making a donation to help our Christ-centered ministry. Your contribution will directly impact those seeking support and guidance. Thank you for joining us today on the Life Transformation Show. Until next time... I am your co-host, Denise Hart. And I am Michael Hart, and we pray together that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.